morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Well, are you ready to get into this this morning? We are or have been in the middle of a series called Tuned In. And everything about this series is for the intent purpose to get tuned into the fellowship of God. We've been, we, we said that we started it out by simply uh, wanting to uh, encourage ourselves to really purpose to learn how to pray and spend time in the presence of God. But then as we began to minister on this subject, there were so many things that began to unfold in the immediate history of our lives and things that are unfolding and so we've we've taken a couple little rabbit trails here and there concerning this concept or idea of getting tuned in and then God put it on my heart just because of the diversity that we see within the church and many opinions that we have in the church concerning the current climate that we're in that we just said you know what in order for us to get tuned in to God's purpose and plan we got to know what God's wanting to do and what God is doing in this season, right? And so I said to you, I said, if you've got questions concerning the current pandemic, questions about the political climate, about politicians, parties, and all those kind of things, I said, uh, if you've got questions, submit those questions, and we'll do our best to answer them from a biblical perspective. Because you realize that there are two perspectives in this world. There is a Christ perspective, and then there is an antichrist perspective. Does that make sense? And so our approach this morning is to approach it from a Christ-centered uh, uh, bias concerning the Word of God. But before we get into those questions and answering some of the questions that you've submitted, and there are actually just a few. In fact, many people really just made statements rather than asking questions. Uh, again, maybe it was just a matter of they're just sharing their opinions. Again, praise the Lord. But nevertheless, uh, again, we're going to address some questions. But there's, there's four things that I want to lay out before us right now that are the filter by which we as believers must see through and must filter everything that is going on in our world and in our nation. And once again, this is a biblical faith-based perspective, and it is the filter by which we as believers ought to be filtering everything that is going on. And so these will help us get tuned in to the plan and the purpose of God as we address some of these things. So, number one, the first thing that I want to mention to you or bring to your attention is that when it comes to God, God is progressive in everything that He does. In God's purpose and God's plans, He is progressive in everything that He does. So what that means is, is that when God does something or intervenes on the behalf of mankind, He does not just intervene or act for the immediate circumstance, his actions answer the immediate, but always fulfill the future. Does that make sense? So in other words, God is progressive. He's not just in the now, he's also in the future. So let me give you a couple examples, biblically speaking, how, how that is uh, applied. You know that the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that we know was created by God. And then the Bible says that he created it for mankind. And he placed within his creation man and woman. And therefore, the whole purpose and the intent of that 
was to have a family and have somebody to fellowship with, right? So obviously there was the immediate family that God created to say, I want to walk with you, I want to have fellowship with you, I want you to worship me, I want, I want to be your God, and that was his heart. But he also says this to his creation, to his man. He says, now I want you to multiply and fill the earth. So therefore, when God made creation, the the interaction or the action of God was not just for the immediate family of God. God did it seeing the future of his family. Does that make sense? All right, another example. You know the story of Noah. The Bible says that sin had came to such a climax within the earth. It says that God had to restart or reset his family. He spoke to Noah and he says, I want you to build an ark. Now, how many of you know how many people got on the ark? It was just the people of God. It was just Noah and his family that were saved and were rescued, right? So obviously, Noah, God's kids, were rescued in the immediate circumstance of the flood that came. But the whole intent was not just to rescue Noah and his family. God was looking into the future and saying, through Noah is going to be the restoration of my family. Amen? What's another one? If we can look at the story of Abraham. Abraham desired to have a son. You remember the story? He prayed to God and God says, I'm going to give you a son. And after so many years, that son finally came. The promise arrived. But God says, now listen, that promise that I've given you to have a family, to expand your family, is not just a promise to you in this immediate circumstance so that you can begin to have a son and know that relationship. He said, you are going to be the father of many nations and out of this son is going to come the family of God. Amen? So you're, you're seeing that when God moves, God is progressive, not just in the here, but he's looking down the road. And lastly, you know the story of Jesus. Jesus came to, to minister to the sick, raise the dead, blind eyes open, lame walking, and then he hung on a cross. But you realize Jesus' ministry to come to the earth was not just to show the love of God there in those years of his ministry and then to end up dying on the cross. No, when he came, he did it not only for the present and the immediate people that uh, had contact with him. God saw beyond the present into the future. And what Jesus came to do is affecting you and me still to this day. So are you seeing that what God does is progressive? His plan is progressive not just in the immediate, but seized down the road. Number two, everything in the earth is connected to God's timeline. Everything in the earth revolves around the church and the kingdom of God. And once again, you have to understand that. Because this earth, this creation was not made for the devil in his family. It was made for God's family, right? And so everything that revolves in this earth revolves around God's kids and God's kids building the family. When I talked about God's progressive nature, did you notice that everything in his progressive nature had to do with his family? And in this as well, it has to do with his family. And it comes down to this question here. I said that everything that goes on falls into the timeline and the purpose of God. And it comes down to this one question in this earth. And that is, do you know Jesus or do you not know Jesus? Because God is all about his family. Number three. Number three, the actions of man, whether they be good or whether they be evil. Or actually, I I, I skipped ahead there. 
Number two was that everything was connected to God's timeline. Number three is this, that there are three people groups. There are three people groups in the mind of God, biblically perspective, in biblical perspective. There are three people groups. It's not based on gender. It's not based on color. It's not based on what tribe or creed you're from. It's made up of these three people groups. Number one is the church. Number two are the nations. Number three, the Jews. Now, again, everything that takes place in this earth right now revolves around these three people groups. The church, which is the body of Christ, those that have been born again, received Christ. Number two, the nations, those that have not yet received Christ or are apart from God. And then the Jews, God's chosen people that have yet to acknowledge or they're still looking for a Messiah to come. You tracking with me? All right, and then number four. Number four is this, that the actions of man, whether they be good or evil, it is not based or it is not the acts of a personality, but it is the actions of a spiritual influence. Let me say that again. The actions of man in this earth, whether they be good or evil, are not the actions of personality, but they are the actions of spiritual influence. Once again, let me give you some biblical perspective or examples. Again, we looked at Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were God's kids. But you know there came a point in time where they had the opportunity to choose whether to do good or to do evil, to obey or to disobey. And obviously, they made a conscious decision and a choice to disobey, but the disobeying came from the temptation or the influence of the devil right? He presented the temptation and said, did God really say? And so their actions, even though it was based on their cho choice, it was influenced by the enemy. Once again, looking at scriptural stories, we look at the story of Pharaoh enslaving the children of Israel. Now, do you recall there was a time when there was word of a deliverer that was coming? And the Bible tells us, history tells us, that Pharaoh killed all the boy children up to the age of three. Why? Because he was looking at it that there is a deliverer that has been spoken of that might come and challenge me as the Pharaoh. But the spiritual influence behind it was that this deliverer that might be coming or that is coming might be Jesus. And so, therefore, the influence was let's kill or find and kill the deliverer because we want to stop the plan of God. Why? Because God said at the beginning of creation, he spoke to Satan. He said, there is one that is coming and he is going to bruise or crush your authority. So the devil was already looking for Jesus to come. And when he heard of a deliverer, then again, he started to plot and to work to destroy the plan of God. And then lastly, if you think about Jesus... We oftentimes ask the question or think of it in context that the ones that crucified Jesus was simply mere man, that it was the Roman soldiers. Yes, it was the personalities and the, 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 the persons that actually did the work or the, the effort, the labor to put Jesus on the cross, but the influence was demonic. Now, let me give you this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, it says, but, but, but we speak the mysteries of God in a mystery. 
the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age, for had they known, would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. The rulers of this age were not the kings of the time. The rulers were not the Roman soldiers. The definition or those rulers was the demonic forces. Why would they not have crucified Jesus had they known? Because what Jesus did gave us the victory. And had they known what Jesus was coming to do, having foreknowledge of what the deliverer was going to bring, they said they wouldn't have crucified him, but it was too late. So, my point of sharing that with you is that there are four things that we must view the world, our nation, in a context or a filter to be able to understand what is going on right in front of us. Is everybody following? Are you tracking? Okay. So once again, if we'll look at things from a biblical perspective, it allows things to sift and fall into their place rather than just looking at what we see or what we're being fed on the news thread. All right. So now there was a question. One of the questions in, in concerns to the COVID virus, one question was asked is, is it real? Well, so to ask, answer that question, all we have to do is look around and we find out that there are a lot of people that have become sick and many that have died as a result of contracting this virus. So do we know that it's real? Absolutely. We do uh, uh, recognize that it is a real virus. In fact, many of you may have known people that have either contracted it or even have died from it. So is it a real thing? Yes and yes and yes, it is a real virus and something that we're contending with here in this world. But now, just as real as the COVID virus is, so was the Hong Kong flu. And in the Hong Kong flu, over uh, 4 million people lost their lives as a result of the Hong Kong flu. Just in recent years, we've had the, the swine flu. And there was upwards of 600,000 people that have lost their life as a result of the pandemic or the virus that came through just a decade ago. What's the difference between things that have preceded and the current thing that we're dealing with right now? The only thing that changed is that right now we have so much media threads and outlets that are stirring and propagating this fear and concern of a virus. You understanding what I'm saying? If you watch the news, every single news broadcast for the last several months has been about the virus. Now, they've shifted a little bit because we just had some presidential uh, campaign things going on, and so they've shifted their gears, but then it comes back, right? And then they start talking about other things, about who's dying and how many. They keep a, a, a daily count of how many have died and how many have contracted. If you've watched our local news, they'll say, this is what came in yesterday. This is how many contracted the disease yesterday. This is how many people. So there is a constant effort to keep before us an awareness of the sickness and disease. So again, the economy has produced mass hysteria as a result of their efforts to put it before us. Now, once again, was there other viruses and things that we faced as a world and as a nation? Absolutely. But it was not promoted and pushed like this one is. Therefore, it did not have the results that this one has. 
Also, with that being said, you see that our economy has broken down. It's falling apart. Many people are losing their livelihoods, losing their businesses because of the nature of what this thing has done. But once again, there is an agenda behind that, and if we have time, we'll talk about it. But what is the agenda by driving this awareness of this virus? The biggest agenda is the agenda to drive fear. So what does fear do? Fear gives control. Wherever there is fear, there is the opportunity to take control. And again, we'll talk about that later. But in regards to what we have seen within our nation and the handling of this virus, does God have something to say or does God have a remedy in how to handle these things? You realize that this COVID thing didn't catch God off, off guard. He didn't turn to Jesus and say, dear God, I didn't see that one coming. Jesus, did you see what's going on? Whoa, the church just, man, the church is in bad shape because of this virus, man. Did you see this coming? No, Jesus, or excuse me, God knew what was coming, and God has always had an answer for whatever we face as a people and as a world. Biblically speaking, anywhere that you see that there was a contagious outbreak amongst the people, God always said, quarantine the sick. And allow the healthy to remain. In this current culture, it has been done just the opposite. Now, once again, we're talking about a biblical perspective. Now, I know the, the knee jerk is, well, yeah, but we have, we have grown. We've learned a lot. Medical science has grown. Listen, medical science hasn't superseded or bypassed God's wisdom yet. So you can say all day long, well, it's a different time. Yeah, it's a different time, but God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God still is the wisdom or the true wisdom of all wisdom. And so God had a perspective or a way of addressing those areas or individuals that found themselves being sick that were in a very contagious manner. Does that make sense? Everybody tracking? All right. The second question. Somebody asked this question and said, concerning the virus, is the virus man-made? Well, once again, in regards to some of the things that... I'm sharing with you today, I've purposed to share, or I am going to purpose to share things that have been substantiated, not just opinions or things that I've pulled off that have, that have been heard. So things that I'm trying to, or will share with you today, are things that can be proven out. But the question concerning, is this a man-made virus? Now, to answer that question, we have heard the speculations to say that it would seem that there is some help in this matter. You've heard that, well, maybe it's the, the, the Chinese, maybe they have fabricated this. And so therefore you say, well, why, what would the Chinese have uh, in it to, to come against this? Well, obviously you know that our nation has, has come against China and has uh, 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 upheld tariffs that has affected them, their economy. So from the natural standpoint, you think, well, dear God, if that was the case, then it would make sense, you know, that it could, could possibly be that. But once again, that's a speculation because, again, it has really crippled our economy. But furthermore, if you want to address that matter, when it comes to the plan and the purpose of God in the timeline of God, when all these things come to a climax, China is going to be one of the major players. Scripture tells us, so is Russia, so is the Roman Catholic Church, if you didn't know that. Again, God lays it out in his scripture as to what is going to be. So did China do it? Well, we don't know. There's speculations that maybe. 
But now let me just say this. There have, well, before I make that statement, God's purpose and plan in His Word, we see that there is a biblical principle that before God ever did anything in the earth, He first spoke to His prophets before He began to move. And how many of you know that the way God's plan was in in the Scripture is that the kings always conferred with the prophet before they ever did anything. So in other words, what they did before the king did something, they would go to the prophet and say, what does God say? I want God's opinion. I need God's help. What's God saying? And so before God ever does anything in the earth, he first conveys it or speaks to the prophet so that we as the body of Christ have understanding. Now again, whether you agree or uh, disbelieve whether or not there's the ministry gifts, no, there's still the apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists. There's still the ministry gifts. They have different functions in this time, but they're still used by God. And there have been those that have stood in the office of prophets that have said God has spoken to them. And there's been many that have said in this hour, God has said that it has been manufactured and gave names to say this is what has transpired. Now, you might say, well, how do you know that's true? Well, you don't. You just put it on a shelf and you just see if it comes to pass. If it don't come to pass, then, well, they're just full of hot air, right? But... Just to prove the case that God still uses his ministers, back in 2013, there was a man that stood in the office of a prophet, has gone home to be with the Lord, but in the middle of a meeting, a a church meeting, he's worshiping the Lord and then begins to prophesy and says, Trump will become president of the United States of America. And I'll be the first to tell you that when I heard that, I said, well, I sure hope not. <laughs> right? You got to be kidding me. The guy that's on the TV, he's going to be. No, no way. So, how do you judge the proof of the prophet? Is does it bear fruit? I don't know if you know who's president in this current day. It's President Trump, you know? So, obviously, if it's God, it pans out. So once again, whether or not it's man-made or not, one of the things that we do know is that God, it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and God delivers them out of them all. So whatever the case might be, we know that God is for us, and if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen? All right, so in addition to this line of thinking, uh, uh, was it man-made? Again, we don't know. We'll just have to hide and watch. So what is the agenda? What is the agenda of all these things that we're talking about? Do they have any correlation, whether it's the the presidency, whether it's the election, whether it's the COVID? Do they have any bearing together? Well, let's begin to look at that. What's the agenda of what could take place in regards to the world outlook? Remember, we said that in the mind of God, there is the church, the nations, and the Jews. So how does it affect the world or what we have been going through? How has it affected the world? Number one, we have seen that there has been mass fear spread throughout the world and what has it done it has caused there to be major control in every arena of life to say let us control what you say what you do and where you go based on the fear of this disease am i speaking truth all right now do you know that the bible says that god has not given us a spirit of fear but one of power love and soundness of mind 
Remember I said everything that we see in this earth has a spiritual influence. So therefore, if it's fear, it is not from God. If it's fear that is controlling and driving, we know that it is demonic in its nature. Right? All right? So we see that the world has been uh, uh, controlled by fear. We've also discovered that in a matter of just a very short period of time, that the world can be controlled. So what does that lend itself to in the hour in which we're living? Do you realize that there is an agenda and it is biblically, uh, 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 it, there is a biblical perspective that there is a one world order that is coming? So therefore, if you can get the world in fear, then you can get the world to line up and obey, giving way for a one world order. Secondly, you've all, or thirdly, rather, you have seen people line up for mass testing, haven't you? People that don't even show symptoms, but yet want to know if they're sick or not, and they'll go to get a test. Well, what does that help, or what does that prove concerning the, the world order or the world perspective? It shows us that the people are continually looking to the leaders for a savior. Listen, we might be sick, and maybe you can help us. So once again, you realize that there is an antichrist that is coming. There is going to be a world leader that is going to arise. And he says, I've got the answer. And I'm going to bring about peace to the whole world. So once again, it's lending itself to the time in which we're living. Have you ever noticed anywhere that you're going that they're saying there's a coin shortage? In fact, we're not accepting currency right now. You'll have to charge it or use electronic means to do so. What is that lending itself to? It's lending it to a, a one world currency and the elimination of the power of physical currency and the dependency upon other means, which also begins to lean itself towards that thing that you're aware of, and that is the mark of the beast, right? Once again, we have saw and we have seen people wear masks because we've been told to. Now, again, that's not a plug to be a pro-masker or an anti-masker. Again, you got your own opinion. You do what you want. There's no reason for us to get into uh, uh, fear about it nor get in fights about it. Because, again, whether I wear a mask or not, I'm going to choose the battles that I'm going to fight. But nevertheless, it's not going to move my faith. It's not going to move my convictions whether I have to wear a mask to go into the grocery store. Because I, not, I still know who I am and I know who's in me and I know who I belong to, right? But nevertheless, there is a, a world mandate to wear a mask. And everybody is just saying, okay, they tell us we have to do it. Therefore, we're going to... Excuse me, we're going to have to do it. So what is coming down the pipe? The, what's coming is that there is going to be a mandate that you have to take a mark in order to buy or to sell. And so therefore, we have been conditioned and being prepared right before our eyes and being led like sheep to the slaughter and not even realizing what is being done in the propaganda and the agenda that is right in front of us. Are you tracking with me? Now, everything that I'm sharing with you is not to get you into fear, but it's to recognize the season and the time that we're in. So once again, what's the agenda? We talked about the world side of it. What about the church? What's been the agenda in this whole COVID culture concerning the church? Number one. Now, again, the reason that I'm addressing this is because, again, we have gotten into fights and disputes about this. And people say this COVID thing don't have anything to do with the church, has nothing to do about our faith. But does it now? So what has been the agenda or what has been the results? One, we see that the church has been shut down. And the power of the church is not in a building, it's in the assembly. 
And God, Jesus himself, gives us command. He says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some have gotten into the habit of doing, even as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So in other words, the closer that we get, baby, you better get in the house of God. The, the closer we get to his coming, we need to be hanging, having, having fellowship with the body of Christ. Why? Because there's strength. Listen, you don't want to be caught alone when the enemy comes knocking. Amen? So once again, we've seen that the power of the church is not in a building, it's in the assembly. But the church has also been silenced. Now you say, how has it been silenced? Because we've, we've seen that uh, there's been increase of the word being preached on the, the internet highways. But studies have also showed us that the, the spike of people tuning into online services, as, as soon as they uh, rose, they quickly declined. In other words, you know what, I got something better to do than sit in front of my computer and do this church thing. And I'll be the first to tell you, and hopefully you understand my heart, is that when we were doing it for those several weeks, the first few times were cool. I think, well, praise the Lord, this is kind of cool, man. We're doing a decent job. After about the third or fourth time, I'm like, I don't want to do this no more. I think I want to go cut grass right now. And the only reason I didn't is because I wanted to have my kids watch me watch TV, and therefore I got to set the example. But all the while, I'm saying, I don't want to be here, Right? And so, therefore, the word of God was diminished during that time. Even though we say it has been out there all the more, it has had diminishing effects in the lives of people. And the Bible says it is the word of God that is the power of God unto salvation. And so, the, again, the church has quickly lost their ability to influence. It has divided the church. But I don't want to go to church because I might get sick. I don't want to go to church because they don't wear masks. I don't want to go to church because they wear masks. I want to go to church because they shake my hand. I don't want to go to church. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so is the church divided? It has been. And the Bible says that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So is there been an agenda? Absolutely. You know, the Bible says that the Tower of Babel was created through great unity. So much so that God himself said that if I don't do something, they will do anything and everything that they put their hearts and minds to do. And the Bible says that he confounded their language and therefore brought division. So if we lose our one accord united gathering as the body of Christ, we lose our power. Can somebody say amen? We've been told that to exercise our rights as an assembled church is to be selfish. Governments have said that churches are no longer essential, so therefore they need to be closed down. We, the church, have gotten into the idea that, well, we haven't been essential. We're not essential. They're telling us we're not essential, and so we're just going to stay home. But do you recall that when Jesus came to the earth, in fact, the Bible says, as he is, so are we in the earth. And therefore, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bible says that when he was in the earth, that the sick, the dying, the lame, the blind, those that were in, at the last hours of their life sought to find Jesus. Those that were contagious, those that were sick, and everything else in between. And they sought to find Jesus. Why? Because in coming contact with Jesus, they found the answer. And we are the hope and the answer for this world. But because we have no longer or no longer are see ourselves as being essential, the world no longer sees us as being essential. The world that came running to Jesus to say, I need to be touched. I need to be healed. They've stopped looking to the body of Christ because you don't have any power. You don't even think you're essential. So why should I think you're essential? You see, there has been a major agenda in this hour to destroy 
what God is doing. Concerning the body of Christ being divided. Do we see it divided today? Yes. People not assembling for the fear of an unseen virus and not even being recognizing or not recognizing that there is an unseen power called the anointing of God. And the Bible says in Isaiah 10, 27, the anointing destroys the yoke and it removes the burden. Listen, if there was ever the safe place to be, it is not in the hospitals, it's in the church because where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom. But yet we have bought into the lie that we need to divide. It has reinforced the complacency of the church. And the complacency of the church has went from lukewarm to having hearts that have waxed cold. It has put the church in a vulnerable, vulnerable position and it has put the church in a dangerous position spiritually. Many churches have closed down or that have closed down still have not reopened for the fear of the gathering of people. There are many churches that have closed down that will never open again because it has destroyed the church. We've gathered together as the church and we've been told that we've been reckless. We gather together as the church and they threaten jail or uh, fines. What is it? It's in the attempts to shut down the gathering of the church. So here's a big question for us today. Will we stand as a church or will we lay down? The Bible says in Daniel chapter 11 verse 32, it says, They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Jesus gave a commission to the church. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say stay home. He says, go into all the world. And then he says this. He says, if you drink any deadly thing, it will no means hurt you. Oh, so dear God, you mean if I shake somebody's hand and it gets on me? Oh, by no means shall it hurt you. The Bible says that you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. See, we've no longer been a church that's going. We're being a church that's staying. And God says, I've given you a commission. And then the Bible tells us this, that when sin abounds, God gave us a proclamation. He prophesied and said, in the last days, he said, sin will abound. But in those days, how much more will the glory of God and the grace of God abound? So in other words, in this hour, is sin, is trouble, is distress going to rise? Absolutely. Is it going to get difficult and hard? Absolutely. But there is a grace and a power that is available to meet and succumb that which we face. The grace of God is defined as this. It's God's ability to do in you what you can't do yourself. See, we've got a lot of Christians saying, I can't do nothing. I'm just human. I'm just natural. I'm just a, a little poor, winkling no, we've got the power of God on the inside of us. He says, in fact, I've given you grace. Grace that will empower you to do what you can't do yourself. So stop looking at you and what you can do and rely on the strength and the power that he's given. Amen? Because we've got the ability and the goods to meet the task at hand. Amen? Come on, as a parent, I've used this example before and I'm almost done. I've used this example before, but as a parent... Or as a kid, rather, in those moments where you hear something in the house or outside and you turn to your dad and you're like, hey, dad, uh, something going on. And dad says, okay, let's take care of this. And so you think dad's not fearful. You think dad's got it together. So you hide behind dad and then therefore your fears are comforted because dad says, I'll take care of it. I found out that as I become a man, that fear as a man don't disappear. You just got to put a, a game face on because your kids are watching you, right? 
Dad, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I did. <laughs> Go check that, right? So what, what do we do as dads to protect our kids? We step up to meet the opposition, regardless of whether we're afraid or not. We have the grace given by God to stand up in the midst of fear and say, I've got the goods because it's not me standing here alone. It's God backing me up. Amen? All right, the last thing that I want to talk about here, and give me about five minutes if you can, five, ten minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. Just give me a few more minutes and we'll, <laughs> we'll finish this up. I'll get you out of here so we can get some food. Are you ready to eat? Woo, come on, praise the Lord. All right, so concerning the COVID, concerning the church, concerning this election, does it have anything to do with one another? And the answer is yes. Right now in this world, there is a global initiative to reset this world. There are agencies and powers that be that are working together. And once again, this is not something that I'm telling you for a happenstance or hearing. This is something that has been proven. It's documented. It's videotaped. It is not something that is being done in secret. It is being done out in the open. It is just not being publicized. There are agencies and powers that be that are working together, such as the WHO or the World Health Organization, the UN or the WEF, which is the World Economy Forum. And these are working together to reset this nation in the direction that we're heading. And they have said multiple times, documented, videotaped, they have said this current president is dangerous to the world. They have said this current administration is dangerous to the world. Why? Because there is a globalist and socialistic agenda that is purposing to take over the, 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 the movings of this world, but there is something that is standing in their way, and it is the United States of America. There is a summit called Devos that is... Again, plotting, not in secret, but in the open. They have said openly, the COVID virus has given us the platform to have a global reset. To change the economy. To change technology. To change the way we do commerce. The powers that be are strategizing, and in January of two, uh, 20, 2021, there is a summit to strategize, to put these things in motion. And I hope that you hear me because these are things that are unfolding in front of our eyes. Once again, it has been said, Trump is a danger to the world. You have heard it said on both sides, this election is pivotal for what is to come. And that is so true. So let's address this for just a moment. There is such a hatred for Trump in this hour. They despise him and they hate him for what he represents. And there has been a spin to paint him in a negative light. And he doesn't have necessarily the greatest personality. I get it. I understand. But we as the church... There are a lot of people within the church that have said, I just cannot stand Trump. I hate Trump. If you are a Christian and you're saying that I hate Trump, then you've got a heart issue. Why? 
because the Bible tells us that we as the body of Christ are to walk in love. You don't have to like the man, but you must and are commanded to love him. Secondly, the Bible says that we as Christians, he says, first of all, pray for your president. It says king, but king is a president. First of all, pray for your president. So as a believer, you should be, ought to be, and are commanded to, to be praying for that president. And you might be saying, hey, I ain't praying for that sucker. You won't find me praying for him. I can't stand him. If that's the case, then as a believer, I'm going to tell you, you are wrong, 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 and have a heart issue with God. It's not the man. You've got an issue with or toward God. Because he gives us instruction. Now, once again, understand me. I'm not saying you got to like the guy that is personality. I'm saying God gives us a command what we are to do as the body of Christ. Does that make sense? All right. So why is this time, this administration, so dangerous to the world? So let me, before we address that, let me just set the precursor for your thinking. As we address this right now concerning the Election, the administration, refuse to allow yourself to see a person, a personality, politics, or party. Because the moment you look at a person, a personality, politics, or party, you have a preset disposition of thoughts and beliefs. So set all that to the side concerning this current administration. Don't look at the person. Don't look at the personality. Don't look at the politics. Don't look at the party. All you have to do is look at the performance and the platform by which this administration is driven by. And I said the administration. Let's look at the administration. What is this current administration right now? What has it done? Remember I said there are four things that we got to filter as how we view things. This current administration, and I'm using those words specifically. This current administration has done more for the faith-based and religious freedoms and liberties than any other president, or excuse me, sorry, use the wrong word, any other administration in this nation. So this current administration is saying, I've got your back, I'm standing behind you, I'm supporting you, and we're standing with God. Well, I don't like the personality. I'm not talking about the personality, I'm talking about the administration. Amen. This current administration has done more in recent history for the unborn than any other administration in this nation. In other words, this administration says, we believe that there is a right for life. We believe that there is a right to have faith and confidence and trust in God. For it is God in whom we trust. But there is an administration that is trying to take away your freedoms and liberties as a believer. There is an administration that is trying to thwart the plan of the unborn to the point that they say, well, we believe that you can take the life of that child up to delivery. There is major extremes. This current, well, I'll say this. 
just in the recent conventions. There was two caucuses that met together. One that was a delegate, or a Muslim delegate rather, and then there was the caucus of the LGBTQ community that got together. As they got together during the past one administration's convention, as they did the Pledge of Allegiance, they omitted under God. There is an agenda to remove God from this nation. I've got a pastor friend down in Louisiana, and his son just started school. And upon filling out the paperwork, when it came to gender, there were seven choices. I'm going to ask you the question. Doesn't it boil down to boy and girl? But there are now seven choices of what you can identify. You see, it is getting really, really weird. This current administration installed two conservative judges. Why is that important? Because if it was the other way around, there would be judges that would be liberal and trying to vote against and making uh, rulings that would oppose your rights as a Christian. And then lastly, this administration has made a national stand and has moved our embassy over in the Middle East to Jerusalem. Now you might say, well, what's the big deal about that? Do you realize that the world is against Israel? And the Muslim nations such as Palestine look at Jerusalem and say, that belongs to us. So this current administration took a public stand and said, we believe in Israel. And to believe in Israel is to say, we stand with God. And so as a, an administration, there was a national expression to say, we are going to stand for our religious freedoms. We are going to stand for biblical values. We are going to stand for the right for life. We are going to stand with God in everything that we do as a nation. So why is that dangerous to the world? Because there is an antichrist spirit that is coming in and is trying to remove God. And therefore, when there is a people that take a stand to say, in God in whom we trust, you become dangerous. Because everything that you see, the other administration, is to remove your rights, to destroy the family, and to remove God. So is there an agenda? Is it all tied together? Absolutely. And I hope that you've seen, just in the very short while of me presenting some things, that there are things that are happening right before us that we cannot be ignorant to. And so my question for you is, Will you lay down or will you stand up? Will you be the body of Christ that says we will stand for God? And will we stand together or will we, will we be divided? Let's stand together. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to say something to you that is strong, but you have to understand it. We have an administration right now that is in office, and you have a choice in a matter of two months to make your voice heard. In the next two months, you are going to see racial upheaval. You're going to see economic 
uh, situations, you are going to see things in these next two months, months that you didn't think you would ever see. And in two months, you have the opportunity to cast your vote. And how you vote is going to stand the test and it will stand before God. Because you say, well, I don't like the personality, so I'm going to vote the other way or do this or do that. Whatever vote and whatever decision comes as a result of that vote, you will have to stand before God and give an account. If you're an individual that says, I'm going to vote for an administration that supports the death of the unborn, even up to the time of being born, then the blood on every aborted child is on your hands, whether you realize it or not. And you will stand before God and you'll have to give an account for the choice that you made. And he's going to say, why did you make that choice? Well, I didn't like the personality. didn't like that man. No. The question is, is what administration are you going to stand for as a believer? Because there is a pressure and a propaganda and an agenda to silence you. So, I'm going to pray on this real sober note. To stir so we can get happy. Is that all right? Dear Heavenly Father, I know this is a little bit more of a strong, more sober message, and obviously it's a a message that has the opportunity to mess with individuals' belief systems and political views and all the other. And God, we are not endeavoring to be confrontational. We're not endeavoring to call anybody out. We're not endeavoring to make anybody feel like they're put under a spotlight. God, we just simply want to magnify you. We want to lift you up so that everything that we do, we have the ability to make the choices that magnify you. And when we do that, Father, you said that you will bless us as a people, as a church. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you for the awesome privilege to be your church in this hour. For God, you leave the best for the last, so that means that we are the best, the cream of the crop, than all that have been before us. So we thank you for the responsibility. We'll step up to it and we'll meet it in Jesus' name. Father, right now we pray for every single person that's here that they're going to go and fellowship with us. We thank you that, God, we will just be stirred to enjoy each other's company. We thank you that, Lord, we will... Have wonderful food, and we ask that you bless it. Bless the hands that prepared it. And God, we give you all the thanks and praise. And we all said, amen. Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life